0: Welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. Today I've got Alex Browsford, Olivia Roebuck from Tiny Theatre Company. They are bringing their show 67 to Lion Unicorn Theatre, 7th to 11th of June. So Alex, Olivia, do you want to introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about Tiny Theatre?
1: Hello, um, my name's Olivia and I'm Alex and yeah we are two tiny females um, definitely tiny both under five foot two um, <laughs> and we decided to form our theatre company back in 2018 in January it was literally the week of the new year uh, we decided to get together because it had been kind of something we've been thinking about for a while mm-hmm. um, and we really wanted to give it a go so we, yeah we formed um back then and we've now been going for Four years. Four years, isn't it? Yeah, Blown hmm? by.
0: Although two of those happened in lockdown, so I'm not yeah. sure we count those. And yeah. and what is it you want? What is it, Tiny Theatre, aim to do? What is it you're planning to make or have been making?
2: So we really wanted to work collaboratively with other actors and directors and theatre makers just just to create new and exciting theatre and, and female led theatre because we didn't see as much of that as we'd like to on the theatre scene. Um, so, yeah, that was what we were really passionate about, about working with kind of female writers and and telling um telling female stories.
0: Okay. and uh, so 67 is your show at the moment now what well, this isn't a brand new show obviously because we saw this back in November or December wasn't it
1: yeah so this, is it, so.
0: so this is it sort of a second outing at the line of unicorn um, mm. what can you tell us about the show
1: um so the show um was actually written um with me myself and Alex in mind not that it's about us at all um, just the right we'd work with the writer um, Isabel Stokes um, just over a year before the show was written Um, and we really wanted to kind of create a piece that was just for us too, to kind of bring to life like to be our baby Um, and we really wanted to have a play that was um, two female stories and so the play itself is two women um, that work in an office together they work nine to five um, and They talk about this pension package um, that they probably will never see, or on the paper it says, they're not going to see it till they're 67. Um, And the idea is that they're working in a mundane job, um, they are working at a law firm as legal secretaries, watching the clock, um, and they both have other pipe dreams that they really want to pursue, but they kind of feel stuck in that rut of not being able to break out into those other things that actually bring them more happiness than their nine to five.
2: We also wanted to
1: explore the idea
2: of that women aren't funny. Um, So we don't see as many female comedians as male comedians. So that was something that was important to us and to Isabel to to highlight within this show, to have it be really funny, even though it's about really serious um, topics like uh, mental health and climate change and um being a woman in 2022 and the challenges that go along with that um it's still a really funny piece of theatre and that was really important to us to talk about these really serious topics but have it in a light-hearted way
0: um, I want to go back to what you said there at the beginning actually so this was written with you in mind so, um, I take it not because you're two mundane nine to five workers, though. I <laughs> take it more because you were looking nah. for a style <laughs> of work, was it?
1: I think it, it, um, we'd, done some, we'd done a few scratch nights before this with um, Isabel's writing itself, and we'd included other actors, we'd collabor- co- collaborated with um, other actors, directors, creatives to create these scratch nights. And Isabel had come to see them, and it wasn't ever a conscious decision, but the character the characters myself and Alex fell into in those scratch nights mm. kind of what always had a, the same traits, if that makes sense. And it was never something we were conscious of deciding. It was kind of, I always played like the working class, <laughs> silly, funny, yeah. d- dizzy airhead, which is not, I'm not like that. Oh I'm, I'm, oh. oh, I'm working class and I can be a bit of an airhead now and again, but um, yeah, and, uh, I remember um, in one of the first plays we did. A um, short that, play but Bloody Hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that we were two homeless women. And I was like the really, the one with the one- rash, Yeah, yeah. Brash, very witty comments. And Alex was more like the serious, um, mm. more reserved. More, like. more reserved, yeah. In, so we kind of like, yeah, we're probably not, uh, not not like that in real life but we fell into character traits and um, Isabel kept creating short plays and then was like i want you to play this one and you to play this one in a way it was kind of a good way for us to find our casting types that we never (laughs) had done after our training um so then when we wanted to create a two-woman player it wasn't 67 at this point it was just a two-woman player um she knew Isabel knew that we would be playing the two characters so i think whether it's a subconscious decision on her part she was imagining us saying the lines that she was writing. Mm. And when she created this play, the two women are called Beth and Jules. And um, we said to her, can we choose who who we play? And she was like, no, Olivia, you're Beth, Alex, you're Jules." <laughs> and that was it. And, and the best thing in that was some of the themes the play um, explores, like Alex mentioned before, there's the climate change theme. And there's the idea that women aren't funny. Um, we get to explore those two. Um, and some of them are quite close to our heart as well.
0: Because mm. one of the characters is a stand or is it? Is she a stand-up comic <laughs> or wannabe stand-up comic in the play?
1: Um, she she's a wanna-be stand-up comic. Um, she does yeah. do a few gigs and we get to watch them live.
2: Um, <laughs> and they're really funny, if I do, if we do say so ourselves.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we, we get to watch them live. I have been asked by Alex if I'd from some method acting, go to some venues in London to try them out as part of rehearsal. I'm yet to do that, but... <laughs> I feel like that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so she's a wannabe stand-up comedian. She does the odd gig um, and the audience get to... Be, they're kind of invited to be in the room with her at that time. And um, Alex's character, Jules, has another dream. Don't know if you want to talk a bit about that, Alex? Yeah, so um, Jules
2: is uh, quite the environmentalist. Um, which I I am incidentally um, quite the environmentalist as well Um, so that was really interesting collaborating with Isabel on this uh, whole project and this script that we got to sit and chat with her about subject matters that were close to our heart like climate changes to me and um, incorporate that subtly into the show as well Um, so that's really nice to play a character that is um really
0: passionate about the environment <laughs> yeah. and um the sh- i mean what's the history of the show so far was it was was lion unicorn last year the debut of the play or did it seem like before that as a short or something where's it come from to this point no
2: so um we initially were supposed to perform it in brighton um at Brighton Fringe um and that was a couple of months after the first lockdown in March
1: That's because um, is. should just say Isabel's hometown is Brighton
2: yeah Brighton.
0: I've seen that yeah <coughs> um
2: so that was where it was supposed to kind of be born and um test it out on audiences there and then it was going to come to the line in Unicorn in June um mm. and both of those didn't happen <laughs> so we feel like it's been in our back pocket. Back pockets for a really long time. Yeah, so when we got yeah. to perform it, it was amazing.
0: So, so, so yeah. So, the line and Calling in December was the debut.
1: Yeah, and yeah that, um, was the, that was like the the debut, but the pushed back, pushed delayed. back. The, the yeah, debut. yeah,
0: we were, yeah.
1: We were supposed to do five nights. Um, unfortunately due to um when the Omicron variant came about, we, we had to have the final night cancelled. Oh. Um due to everyone at the theater and the and the line and unicorn pub kind of been out. Um just um, when we thought it was all over. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's it's and the things we're still seeing at the moment, I'm still seeing shows mm. having to cancel at the moment, and it's it's just more and more frustrating. Um yeah. So yeah, you've mentioned uh, Isabel Stokes as the writer on this and she's credited as associate writer for Tiny Theatre then. What's it about her writing then that makes, you know, that drew her into you? Why, why did you want us part of your team?
1: Um, the funniest thing um, about Isabel being our writer is we our paths crossed very kind of, I can say it was kind of meant to be. We, we didn't <laughs> know Isabel, but um, we, I actually had a, a gig at Brighton Fringe Back in 2017, um, just out of just out of training, um, and I did theatre digs, and I stayed at Isabel's mom's house as my digs, Um, and she was uh, up one night writing on her laptop, and I just went to have a cup of tea, and I just got chatting to her. I said, "Oh, what are you writing?" She she said, "Oh, I write plays." at that time in my life I wasn't even thinking about new writing or you know I was waiting for the phone to ring my agency I, was, I had a job or I didn't have a job so that was that and we had a joke oh maybe one day we'll collaborate haha <laughs> and then six months later when me and Alex were like let's do let, let's do this let's put a show we we're like so where do we find the writing then do we write <clears> our <throat> what do we do and I've said I once met a writer maybe, <laughs> I could, maybe I could contact her and see what her writing's like we did that and then she sent us three short players and she was like here's three 10 20 minute players see if you like them let me know we instantly loved all three of them they were and her writing is it's current it's relatable it's Mm. funny um it it's very character driven um yeah. so you instantly can picture characters in your mind and they're always people you know in your life <laughs> uh, you know that and person. they were also different as well weren't they yeah yeah, cool. yeah. So we, we could instantly see them as part of a scratch night you know how in the order they'd be they were all two-handers as well so yeah we just loved her writing style and then ever since then uh, she submitted us a few other scratch pieces. Um, we expanded one of the short pieces she sent us on that original date into a full-length, hour-long play that was called Cold Chips. Um, and we took that to um, Theatre M16 and the old Rose and Crown in Walmart. Yeah. That's right, isn't it, Alex? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we just knew that if we were ever going to do a two-woman play for ourselves to, to play, it, we just wanted it to be in Isabel style.
0: Yeah. Since, since last year's performances then, has much changed in the play? Is it coming back in a sort of completely rewritten format or is it just been little adjustments here and there?
2: Yeah, I would say it's um, little adjustments. Um, it's a little bit more current because um, there's a few uh, kind of references uh, in the play to society nowadays. So it's, um, it's a little bit more current in that respect um, and the set's going to change slightly um but yeah we're um we, we were really happy with what we produced in December and how it went down with audiences so um there will be a few changes but um but much of it will be staying the same
1: I think it's one of those players that will always have tweaks um no matter when we put it on and no matter where we take it so, we, we would love to tour the play one day um, to different cities. We're both northerners. We'd love to take it up north to our home counties. Um, and wherever we go, we, we'd have to make tweaks. Um, just for certain things that happen, especially with the comedy act and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. There's a bit where we talk about certain headlines at the moment. So that's a tweak that yeah. we'd, we'd always bring.
0: Yeah, it'll date, otherwise will yeah, have you. If you <laughs> and I take it, I mean, especially with stand-up as well, stand-up can change so so much mm-hmm. everything, so, so quickly, can't it, with, with current yeah. affairs, so... Okay, exactly, so yeah. Um, Now, we met well, a couple of months ago now, wasn't it, at um, Volcano, the London Unicorn Theatre, we're seeing that. Mm-hmm. Do you go to, I mean, do you go to see a lot of theatre to try and sort of pick up on other people's work, other styles, learn, learn from directing? Is that what you're, you know, do you... Is that useful to you to go and watch other theatre?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We love seeing new theatre. When we when we first graduated, I think we were, as maybe everyone is, I don't know, a bit, we, we weren't, our eyes weren't open to the new writing scene. They weren't open to the Fringe Theatre scene. So when we first started to go and see Fringe Theatre, we were like, oh, my Gosh, this is so exciting! All of this new work; these people are so passionate because it's their work. They're they're putting their work um, on themselves. It it was amazing to see so many incredible creatives, um, and we are so inspired by new theatre companies and um, the work that we go and see. We've seen some awesome stuff on the Fringe, haven't we? Um, we had our, a, a writer that we worked with. Um, was it last year or the year before? Amy Gailer, she had um, her play, The Nobodies, it was on at the vaults. Um, and that was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think that's still going on. I think she's, I think that's touring. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I think the most jaw dropping one for us, I remember we both walked out of um, Soho Theatre like in amazement, It uh, uh, was it a four-hander? Uh, was was that it British old thing? Flesh and Bone? Oh, flesh and bone, yeah. I unpolished
2: theatre, yeah. yeah. They well, they ended up winning the Olivier for it, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
2: was. that was incredible and, fl- and fabric as and well fabric. Um, yeah. at Soho Theatre. We could just, yeah, we could talk about um shows that we admire all day, Volcano lately, and um, by Professor Theatre. The, the,
1: the difference for us is obviously we we love seeing theatre any type of theatre wherever it is but when you come out of a fringe theatre venue you're not just like amazed and inspired by the play being a theatre maker as well we know how much goes into it like how much blood sweat sleepless nights Mm. tears make that show and how when they take the bow they're like you're not just applauding them just for what they produce you're you're applauding them for weeks and weeks and weeks of effort that's gone in and also they don't do that as a day job you know like mm. everyone has other jobs that pay the bills and mm. and, keep, and keep you know they're not there. just
2: doing it for a paycheck they're they're yeah. doing it because it's their passion it's their life and and you can totally see that in fringe theater yeah.
0: interesting that so i mean so you don't really experience that i mean what what um what what did you study um at drama you at drama school yeah
2: yeah, yeah so we we trained in musical theater together. Um, so I think when we when we were training we would see lots of like big West End shows mm-hmm. and oh, that's the dream. Oh if we can only get to the West End. And yes that's incredible. The West End shows are unreal. unreal. Yeah. But there's something to say for the fringe theater as well. Like the the passion of these theater makers that often goes overlooked.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. quite surprised you don't expect You know, you, you're not pushed to experience that as part of your studying because surely fringe is is a start point for everybody. No, so why they, yeah,
1: completely. And you know what's interesting? We actually were invited into our university, and um, we trained at the London College of Music um, in musical theatre, as Alex just said. And we were invited in. Was it? It was just before the lockdown um, to talk about creating a theatre company and the first steps and kind of inspire the current the current students mm. to do so. And I feel like I would have loved that when we were there. So hopefully we we yeah. you know, we made a difference to the current students there now. Um, but we did, we did get a bit of itchy feet when we were training, didn't we? With like we always wanted to <laughs> felt like we wanted to do more and and see more. And sometimes we had sparse, sparse bits in our timetable. And they would, you know, encourage us to go to do a class at Pineapple or go go out and do, and do just keep doing your training. And then and we were kind of thinking, well, what else can we do? We can do all that, mm-hmm. but what else can we do? And in the end, we ended up creating um, a society, a, a musical theatre society, where we created theatre. So kind of our, our theatre-making days did start before Tiny Theatre Company. <laughs> I think that helped us <laughs> kind of understand how one another work. We, we put on... Um, a show at the university with about 80 people in it wasn't wasn't there um, it was great but you know it was great fun very different to what we produce now uh, yeah. i think it was a good stepping stone and a good learning curve for yeah for the future even though we didn't know what it held back then
0: so this is your second return to lion unicorn you've got quite a strong association with them then yeah you sort of work you know to be invited back must be quite um quite Quite exciting for you, yeah, I assume, and quite quite a nod to they respect your work, yeah?
2: Oh, absolutely, yeah. We love David, uh, David Brady, who runs The line and Unicorn. He works tirelessly to ensure that young and new theatre makers like ourselves get the opportunity to have their work seen. Um, they really look after um, the companies there at The line and Unicorn, and... Um, and he's always believed, sort of believed
1: in us from the start, hasn't he? <laughs> he has, yeah. I remember the first phone call we ever had with him about wanting to bring a scratch night. And it was, you know, and you just get a good feeling about a person and a place. Mm-hmm. And we were just, yeah, we just had that good feeling. And we we started producing scratch nights there, which then led on to full length, this full length play. And himself and the team at um, and at Unicorn and Professor Theatre Company are just, they're so supportive um they're so understanding they're always willing to help they'll always be at the other end of an email at the other end of the phone and he's full of we've had a lot of meetings with him he's full of a lot of um expert advice um that we that we follow to kind yeah. of push our shows to that next level so yeah we can't thank him enough for has got
0: yeah he's a name that um crops up quite a lot in conversation with people <laughs> i i, I seem speak to a lot of people who have shows going like at unicorn and i i think it says a lot about their programming that uh, I want to talk to these people. You know, I, you know, I think, um, I think the next three or four shows are on there. I've, I've interviewed either for the podcast or Mm. written interview because there's shows that really look interesting to me. So I think it's, yeah, which I think is, is massive credit to what David does and massive credit to people like yourself for, you know, for making those types of shows. What's next for 67. So what, what comes after this run in a few weeks time?
2: What's next? <laughs> we um, we're we're definitely not done with sixty seven after um, after this run in June. Um, we'd really like to tour it. Um, we've ha- we've kind of had that in our heads from the start because Olivia and I, Olivia and I are from the north of England, so we would love to take it to regional theatres and um, have some northern audiences yeah. see it. <laughs>
0: It's yeah. Don't don't speak to David about touring at the moment. He'll probably, he'll probably put you <laughs> off. Um, five a.m. start to get to Bristol.
2: Oh week. my goodness.
0: Um, I was chatting <laughs> the other night, and um, yeah, they were, they were playing. In, they were doing a show in Bristol, and they like said the best way to go down there would be to get a coach or something. So leaving at five a.m. Wow. <laughs> um, tour <Poor,
1: poor> life. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had a, even getting all the set into one of our cars has been. It's always we always have this memory of every time we produce a show, the, the opening night where they're pushing the set into the boot of our car to drive from <laughs> where we live, um, from where we live to like where the theatre is. Um, it's all very glamorous. We have, we're always a bit stressed <laughs> and a bit snappy at each other, like just push it in, get it in the boo, and shut the door. And then, <laughs> so touring would be it would be definitely interesting, but yep. um,
0: bigger it's car. Bigger bigger car. Yeah. Um, Can I tell me the sort of um, I meant to jump back to earlier. Actually, are you using a microphone on stand by any chance? If you're doing stand-up comic, do you have a mic on stand?
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, It's uh, it's, it gets brought in and off stage as a stand-up
0: routines. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Only.
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Only.
0: Sorry, right, I've got a real problem with mics on stands if they're not for a specific reason. Um <laughs> stand-up stand comic acceptable, anything else, lose it. Ooh. Um
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's just for that we have, in our scene changes, we have um some we have music and literally the music comes on, the, the microphone stand comes on, comes off, and the, the microphone comes off and then um the sketch happens and then it goes away again. <laughs> it really I,
2: wor- it really works for the uh, stand-up comedy because uh, uh, when we had when we were kind of workshopping through the play we worked with um comedians uh female comedian molly she um she was talking about the importance of the mic wasn't she about how how the comedians use it hmm.
0: so and i assume from a staging point of view for you know for a play it's a, it's it's a, um, a framing device so this is a stand-up moment isn't it so but yeah
2: I think I, it helps the audience um, kind of just be <laughs> immersed into that, um,
0: yeah. that world.
1: Yeah. That was one of our main, one of the main barriers we had in the rehearsal schedule because we were in the office and then it goes to the stand-up and then it goes to the outdoors where the other schedules <laughs> is um, doing kind of an environmentalist protest. So we're, we're constantly moving location yeah. um, <laughs> With, we're trying to use minimal amount of set and props mm. to show that. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it works.
0: <laughs> I, I saw a show a couple of weeks ago and they had a mic and they kept using it at random moments. And it got by the end of the play, all I could think about was, I want to take that mic and I want to put it somewhere. <laughs> so you can't ever use it again. Oh, no. Um, I, I, did, you know, I enjoyed the play, but I, all I come out thinking of was, you did not need that microphone. Um, hence why I thought I'd ask you. And thankfully, I, I, I don't know what I would have said if you said, oh, no, it's always on stage. We're using it all the time.
1: I'm glad we gave you the right answer you wanted.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and just to yeah, wrap things up then, so let's, uh, what do I say to people? 60 seconds, Bill, on why we should come and see 67... At the Lion Unicorn Theatre between the seventh and the eleventh of June,
1: we think you should come see sixty-seven because it is a fresh, new, funny play about women living in two thousand and twenty-two. The pressures um, with being a full-time in full-time work alongside juggling every other thing that happens in your life. It explores female friendships and you can relate to the other characters that we introduce as well in the play. It's not just about two people, you see other characters in there and you you can relate to who they are. Um, You'll laugh with us, you'll also cry with us um, at certain points and hopefully you'll come away feeling, um, you'll have a spring in your step as you leave the theatre.
0: Alex, wanna add to that?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, Olivia has just absolutely nailed
2: it basically. I think the, the main thing, to take away from 67 is just to feel like you're not alone in in feeling all of these feelings about be, like Olivia said being a woman in 2022 and everything that they have to deal with in an office setting um in life de- decisions that only women have to make um and yeah you will laugh and cry and um hopefully laugh more than crying but um yeah I just I think it's it's a great show, for um, just. It, <laughs> I, I can't really add more than what.
0: I'll I'll, I'll <laughs> throw in for you. It's it was awarded four stars by us, so um, there we go. There's good reason to see. Oh, we we go, thought it was excellent.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's so true when people say small businesses they 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 do a little happy dance every time one you know one ticket is sold we literally scream we're checking the ticket sales all the time one <laughs> ticket goes up from like nine so to true. ten tickets <laughs> we're just elated that we get to share these two women's stories and the, all the work that we put into it we're, we're just grateful that one more person gets to see it absolutely
0: it is yeah and um I mean it's it's such a shame I when when I go I mean I love going to Lion Unicorn and it's such a shame when it's not that full because what you do charge for tickets there and what you see is just ridiculous value for money. So, you know, I always said to people, you know, I mean, why spend 400-odd pound, whatever it was, on a cock ticket when you can oh, – I, yeah. I could do a year of theatre on what that one ticket was being yeah. charged for. And and truthfully, shows like yours, a lot of what I put on the line, Unicorn – it's a lot more meaningful, a lot more real than anything you'll see at those inflated prices. So I will always say, go go and see re- your be- local fringe theatre.
1: Yeah, and it where, really where, does. It means the world. And we're a better place than the Lion Unicorn in Kentish Town in the summer as well. It's going to be oh. June. It's going to be sunny. The pub there is beautiful. And um, the beer garden. yeah, Outdoor beer garden, garden, yeah. <laughs> mm, they're,
0: they're doing a, a day of sh- uh, They're doing a um theater in the beer garden aren't they for a sunday soon as well so
1: yeah i think
2: there's a bit of everything going on there some poetry and monologues and scene snippets yeah it should be good fun
0: that's the (laughs) truth fest which is another conversation altogether isn't it um yeah truth fest in a couple weeks is a week of they're they're doing a week of um all sorts up there so oh yeah
2: those guys are great that's with georgie isn't it yeah yeah definitely
0: Yeah, that should be good yeah, definitely. Get uh, yourself down around. to the
2: line and unicorn; it's all happening.
0: I, I, could, I could quite easily spend my whole reviewing life in that one theatre.
2: Oh. <laughs> um, Do they just they produce such high quality work there? David's got a real eye for, um, mm. for great theatre makers.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <And laughs> so definitely, a saying I think you fit in nicely with with what his ethos is. So I can see why you know why he pulls the people he does into that theatre. Alex, Olivia, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Say all the best for this in a few weeks' time. And um, say hopefully we'll see more of you either with this play again or whatever you do next. Lovely chat.
1: So, thanks so much for having thanks. us. Thank you, Rob.
0: Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed.
1: Yay!